0: Golden Spiral Media presents The Devil You Know, a Constantine podcast. Episode 8, The Saint of Last Resorts, Part 1. And welcome back to The Devil You Know, a Constantine podcast. I'm your co-host, Tony Caselli.
1: And I'm your co-horse, co-horse, co-host, Sister Joseph Zettelmeyer. There's (laughs) so much wrong with what just happened. Nope. Uh. So,
0: welcome, everyone. We are, of course, talking about that wonderful NBC show, Constantine. And wonderful it was this week. Oh, my God. That's right. This week, this is the week of um, December 11th, 2014, and the episode of Constantine, episode number 8, The Saint of Last Resorts.
1: A.K.A. Mid-Season Finale. That's
0: right. We don't get another one until January 9th, everybody. So be ready for that excitement. Mm. So, uh, Joe, before we launch in, uh, I want to throw in right here a little word from some very important sponsors. Let's do it.
1: Are you a podcaster who loves creating great content but gets overwhelmed by the audio editing process? Are you a business professional or an entrepreneur that wants to start a podcast, but aren't sure where to begin? You need Pro Podcast Solutions. Pro Podcast Solutions has a robust suite of services to equip podcasters and help podcasters create better content than ever before. Visit ProPodcastSolutions.com today and find out how you can get your first episode produced for free. That's ProPodcastSolutions.com.
0: Welcome back. Okay, so some news maybe,
1: Joe? We've got some news. Let's hit it.
0: So ratings this week, Joe up, 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 up. Ratings were up by over twenty five percent, which is huge. Which is yeah, really great. Uh, in fact, I think Daniel Sarone tweeted out uh, one of the producers. Of course, Daniel Sarone tweeted out that they held on to eighty
1: three percent of Grimm's lead in. Right. Well, and almost every other show that uh, that night was down. Yeah. Except for Constantine, rising so that's like a zombie out of a grave. A
0: <laughs> that's a very positive thing this week. Uh, let's hope that that bodes well for potential future pickups. Of course, we're not going to get info on that for a while. Of course. But still, uh, we have now uh, uh, almost a month to uh-huh. relax, watch the first eight episodes again and again and again and again and get caught up with what's going on so that we can once again jump in when we return on Friday, January 9th.
1: Can't wait. It is that's why we have DVR, folks. Put these things on your DVR and watch them over and over.
0: That's right. And Joe and I we're going to go on a little hiatus for this, but you know, we should we should get together and figure out what we want to do, something fun over the break. Just like an hour of
1: us crying until the show comes back on. Uh, maybe. All right. <laughs> Look, man, you got to think outside the box. I'm still not sure how that <laughs> box, what box was that even in?
0: I don't know. box. <laughs> okay. So one more thing I want to talk about is Constantine renewal possibilities. We, of course, still don't have info
1: on that yet. And we might not know for a while. Uh, Daniel Cerrone is predicting that we won't know anything about it until um, spring of next year. Yes, he sent out a tweet uh, just uh, yesterday, I think, that
0: said... Constantine renewal Won't be January They'll wait to see How their fall pilots Turned out March-April So how their fall pilots Turned out I'm assuming means Everything that they Started Constantine and every Other fall show And how they did This year Right Uh, and then March-April seems to mean that's about when he expects us to find out if there's going to be season two.
1: Well, it makes me think the best thing to do is not only to continue watching Constantine, but actually stop watching and start slamming the other shows of the fall season. Right. Everything
0: uh, else NBC has done. Don't just at... <laughs> slam it. I don't think NBC is going to appreciate this marketing <laughs> tactic at all. We'll get a phone call. Yeah. Oh, this is David Goyer. Um, you're really killing us. You guys gotta
1: <laughs> Oh my God, could you imagine? We would totally put David Goyer's recording on our show. Right. Absolutely even if it was to call and just chew us out. Absolutely. I would
0: still be like, look at David Goyer calling. He's paying attention. <laughs> so that's the news this week. Um, let's keep doing the same Dave Constantine hashtag on Twitter and all that stuff. Watch the show, tell your friends about it. And now that we do have this almost month off, now really is a good time to get friends and family into the show. And Right. It's, there's only been eight episodes. You can catch up super fast. Absolutely. And especially because you can be there egging them on going, no, I know the first couple are okay. They're not, su- but we get so much better ba- and oh. get them up to eight. And then also pay attention to the Facebook and Twitter and the feed of this because I think Joe and I are going to do something fun over the break. We'll, we'll, we'll put out something for y'all to hear.
1: Merry Christmas you. to you. Hey, so
0: that's enough of that news stuff. Uh, let's mix it up this week. Let's do some feedback first. Outside the box. Outside the feedback box. Here we go.
2: My name is Jean Constantine. Here's where you can reach me. Something big's on its way.
0: Okay, here's an awesome piece of feedback from the body of knowledge. I did. That's their name. And there's some great stuff here. It says... Hey guys, love the podcast, and we'll get around to posting an iTunes review soon. Thank you. I'm also loving the show, and I'm looking forward to more seasons of this excellent comic-inspired program. Light up the wicks on the fingers of the hand of glory and bring it close as I want to share a thought with you. I'm writing today to say that I think that the mystery of Chaz and his whereabouts is more than just to write him out of the episode with this simple excuse thing. I don't think there's a rule about having only two of the three of them in any episode. Like you, I would love to see more Chaz. What I think is there's a story mechanism at play. I think he's deliberately being written out with lame appearing excuses because of who or what he is. Chaz is staying at another hotel to rack up the air miles points. I don't think so. I think Chaz is a supernatural entity of some form possibly a werewolf. That would explain his ability to regenerate and would also explain why he might not be with John and Zed on some evenings. When his knees should have been crushed by the car, he disappeared from the episode. One of the first rules of storytelling is you don't just drop characters as though they've been forgotten. That means they're either poor writers or something deliberate is happening. I think the writers for this series are actually masters of the storytelling arts and not just petty dabblers. I'm going to extend them the benefit of the doubt. Looks like the wicks are burning low and it's time to go. Until next time, brothers, save Constantine. Signed, The Body of Knowledge. You know, that's an awesome idea. And... We know there's something weird because it's different than was in the comics. I have no idea what it is. I do know that one of the, oh gosh, I want to say Matt Ryan on, in an interview said that I think it's episode 10 of this season. We get a little Chaz centric storyline. I can't wait to find out if some of this stuff is true, body of knowledge. Great ideas, because we knew what he was in the comics, and so it never occurred to me that it could be that crazy, like he's a werewolf. It'll be really interesting to see if they've gone that way, something like that, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with the fan base who know the comics, and if it is something a little wild and crazy, uh, hopefully people will embrace it. So great, great stuff. Thank you. All right, uh, Joe.
1: All righty. Let's just jump right in with some feedback from our good buddy Bayou Shaman. Since apparently I am a bit loquacious, oh, I love that word, good word, I'll try to keep this feedback shorter for you. It was great to see Chaz and John back together again. I really enjoy the chemistry between the two of them, and it really feels like they've known each other forever. Interesting history with John and Anne-Marie. Their arc diverges from the comic, but it feels very natural and very much like it would have, uh, like it could have been the way things went down in the pages as well. Could not agree more with you on all of that stuff. So the rising darkness is the Brujrila. Apparently it is. An ancient group of monster gods from the beginning of time or some such. I like getting an answer finally, and it narrows down the path to the end game, uh now that we know who the big bad is. Lama Shu was creepy, and everything bad to do with babies always ratchets up the tension. It mm-hmm. really, really does. Right from the very beginning of this episode. The uh they really drop the gauntlet on this one. Yep. Good to see John and Anne Marie work through some of their issues. Well, until she shoots him. <laughs> Yeah, that that does sort of imply that there's still some things to work through. John's bluff with the baby was pure 100% Constantine and gave me chills. Part of me believes he would have done it. That was kind of my issue as well. I'm not sure we can call that a bluff. I want to believe he was bluffing. I want to believe, but we just don't
0: know. I don't know either. We'll talk about that when we talk about that moment.
1: Uh, as to Zet's bad decisions, her vision led her to know that he was a bad—he was bad or shady. So she took him back to the safest place she knew. As to how the others got in, plot hole, yes, but I'm going to go with the fact that John set the alarms and said, she, uh, said that she was safe as long as she did not leave or wander and she left for the artist shops, official, uh, effectively turning, the alarm, turning off the alarms and wards. That was exactly what I thought as well. Um, he made such a point to bring up the whole do not leave, do not leave, that I was like, oh, goodness, she's going to leave and everything will go to hell. Yep. We knew she would uh, she would be caught to lead us into the next chapter. No surprises here, but other, uh but uh, other than that girl can kick some butt. Yeah, right? Zed was a, a bit of a ninja in this episode. Yeah, that was nice. I loved it. The ending was a sol- was a solid with a cl- good cliffhanger. I hope beyond all hopes that this leads to one of the last pieces of Hellblazer lore that I have been itching for. The deal with Nergal to heal John so that he can save Zed and the introduction of the demon blood. I'm only a little bit familiar with that plot line, but if it's the one I think it is, I'm with you, sir. Oh, I'm with. And that was one of the first things I thought was, oh, no, oh, no, we're about to see our old buddy Nurgle come back.
0: Yeah, that would be pretty great if that happened.
1: Uh, (laughs) If KFC ever starts a Constantine promotion, I'm definitely skipping it. Uh, That was was gross. that That was not the Colonel's recipe that I wanted to know. Also, loved the Pazuzu shout out. Another great Exorcist callback. Absolutely. Uh, the co- quote of the week from Bayou Shaman. Everyone is just a port in your storm. That was a great, great line. Yep. Nine out of ten bleeding pairs. I would have been, it would have been a ten if this had been, if this had been shown as a full two-hour, I think. But the lead-ins to part two dropped the grade slightly. Until next time, Bayou Shaman. P.S. I tried to talk less, but I think I failed. You did great, Bayou Shaman. Don't even worry about it.
0: Thanks, Shaman. We appreciate it. So, yeah, he brought up some great points. Yeah. I, I I totally agree. The The whole potential for how John gets healed and the, you know, one of the fun, amazing, wonderful chunks of the comic dealt with when John got essentially the transfusion of demon blood. Right. And it will be super cool to see if that happens and they go there in the second half of this season. All right. We also got some feedback from Steph. Hey, Steph. Hi, this is
1: Stephanie from Williamston, Michigan, leaving feedback for
2: Constantine. I wanted to say, first of all, that yes, I did absolutely love, uh, this, the latest episode, the mid season finale, it was incredible. Um, everything, the storylines and the acting, um, I am very interested to see how, um, they're going to turn things around because obviously Constantine can't die, but he is in trouble, clearly. Um, tying that into the question of the week from last time, I'm betting that Manny's going to have to come save him or something or help him in some way, so I don't think he's bad. I think he's conflicted, I think is the best word for him. I mean, he's an angel and he has his rules that he has to follow, um, and he already kind of broke them once to help Constantine, but so we'll see what happens and what kind of consequences he has to deal with because of that. But I think, I think he's good. Um, but he's going to have to do some things, um, that are probably against his angel rules to, to help Constantine. So looking forward to seeing where that goes and looking forward to hearing the podcast. Thanks. Bye bye.
0: Awesome, thank you, Steph. You rock. Yeah, you know it's funny. I, I that did not even Manny coming in to save Constantine did not even occur to me. Oh, really? That was definitely one of the ones that occurred I don't know to me as how well. I'm just slow. That is not true. But and I think I, I think it's because I immediately went to, oh my god, he's going to have to get demon blood. That I like knowing. You know, I don't think we're spoiling anything right. th- talking about all the things that happen uh, in the comics because I'm not going to give too much away. But that's one of the things that happens in the comics. So that could be one way right. that he gets healed. He could also die and go to hell and barter for his soul back or, you know, all there are a lot of th-
1: things that could happen. The reason I went to the demon blood and we'll talk about this a little bit later as well is this episode was another one of the ones that really veered close to the comic. There were a lot of comic references in this one, and it just made me immediately go, oh, so we're going to continue into part two with more of the comic book. Yeah, which is awesome. Right. Big thumbs up to that. Okay, so
0: I want to jump, Joe. We got a bunch of feedback
1: from people on Facebook Hooray! about the question of the week. I'm, I'm just so happy that this little Facebook thing took off. Who knew? <laughs>
0: Who knew, right? Who knew? So Juhi Lindley said, Manny is absolutely a good guy all the way. He was so good in the last episode. So see see a lot more people voting for A. Which, uh, you know, choice A, Manny the good guy. Not that you've been horribly wrong from the beginning, Joe, but potentially is what I'm saying. (laughs) show ain't over yet. Fair enough. Alita Saxon says, I do think he's going to be tempted and may screw up some, but in the end remain on the side of the light. Uh, That's what I think. I think there's going to be temptation. But I think that he's going to be the good guy. So other people answering the question of the week specifically, Jeff Gentry said, A, he's a good guy, but he will be tried. David Sanders said, I want B, meaning bad guy. Yep. But it's probably C, good guy who winds up turning bad. <laughs> and David, also, thanks for the feedback. Thanks for your uh, iTunes review. Yes. We appreciated a bunch. <laughs> Funny. Bill Bluel says, it's got to be A. The show needs a legitimate good guy to serve as the compass. As for this week's episode, I particularly liked Anne-Marie's remark about deserving more respect than Gary and then John being in Gary's sacrificial position. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. That was – awfully cool, and in fact, one of those moments deals with my quote of the week there, which is fun when we get there. So, Alita sent us some feedback. Yay! Alita said, ugh, cliffhanger! (laughs) (laughs) The Constantine side of the show was quite good and a hell of a thing that happens to Constantine at the end. I did not see that coming. Cool. Considering how he treats people, it works. And whoa, finding out the big plan with the rising darkness? Yeah, I know. I was so excited that we finally got a little reveal to that. Real, re- made some big headway on that plot point. The other thing Alita says is the Zed side of the episode wasn't as good. Going out when she was told not to, bringing someone in past the traps... And why didn't the others get stopped by magical security? Did she commit the equivalent of leaving the doors hanging wide open with a welcome sign? I don't know if this is bad storytelling or Zed screwing up big. Either possibility is frustrating. I hope it isn't a really long break, a really long wait until this break is over. A little over or not quite a month. January 9th, we'll be back. I, yeah, it's interesting. When we get to that point in the episode, one of the things we can talk about is, what, or we could talk about it now for what? that matter, the whole Zed going out. And that part bugged me a little bit.
1: It bugged me only because there was they made such a big point of here are the rules. We've got this magical alarm system. It's going to totally keep you safe. And it totally doesn't. It fails on every level, really. Yes. The, The only part that bugged me is we never really learned why. I was willing to go with John made such a big point of you can't leave. Right. That the minute I saw her in the art store, I was like, and all the system, all the magical guard system is ruined. Yes. So I was willing to go to make that leap if I ha- If someone put a gun to my head and said, "Why do you think Zed?" You know, I it, I'm willing to go with maybe she just didn't view the threat as being that serious at this point. Uh, well, you know, was she viewing John as an overprotective babysitter? And I think also, yeah, that's probably it because I, I was with you.
0: I was like, "What happened to the gravity trap?" Right. Where, where's all this cool stuff? But I think it felt like she. Felt like the only reason she was in any danger was
1: from at that point, it was from Imogen from last week's episode, right? She had no idea that her father's crusade was involved, right? At this point, and she you know uh, thinks she can take care of herself, which she sort of can, yeah,
0: and as long as said, she's
1: got a doorway leading to an endless abyss, right? <laughs> that was awesome, I loved that part, yeah,
0: and so she decided she wants you know if she's going to be stuck there, she needs to do stuff, so she went to get art supplies and then, when this thing happened, where she realized, oh, Eddie is a bad guy, Eddie is involved with the resurrection crusade one all that s- stuff happened from the touch one
1: might even say Eddie is a heartbreaker. <sighs> <laughs>
0: co-host positions will be opening up sometime early 2015 you guys
1: can't live without me you know it
0: (laughs) i think that she while they were in the bar calculated okay i can just hide i can run away but at this point he knows who she is he's got her phone number and she has zero information other than that. Right. And she made the best choice she could at the moment which was let's take him somewhere that I'm comfortable where I feel like I've got the upper hand. Total home field advantage. Right. And and so I think you're right. I think two, a couple things happened. She left and as soon as she left the traps were
1: disengaged. Well and she didn't know that Eddie had backup. I mean she literally just wanted to beat some information out of this dude. Absolutely. And yeah was not anticipating badass one and two to show up. Uh,
0: sometimes I'm not sure how I feel about uh, Zed how she's being written and Angelica Saleh's portrayal of her. Right. Uh, but I think a lot of her portrayal of her is the way she's written too. And I liked that in this episode we got to see her take charge a little bit.
1: And that's Yeah, absolutely. It was nice to see her making choices. Sure, they may have been the wrong choices, but I will take a bad choice over no choice any day of the week. Right. Yeah, it just makes for much better storytelling. Absolutely. And I thought of all of the episodes up to this point, I thought Angelica was most on spot this time. I thought she was just firing on all cylinders. I thought she was fun. I loved seeing her. I thought everyone in this episode yep. was at the top of their game. I loved her throwing in some humor the moment where she broke out. I've only got one question for you. And then she asked the question in total Spanish. Yes. Really not going to bring a native Spanish speaker with you? Right. Hello? Going to, <laughs> going to, going to where? Yes. that was great. She was funny. She fought like a wildcat. I don't know. I thought it was a it was a really great. Yeah. All right, Joe, before we leave feedback,
0: I do want to throw out to David... Uh, who said in his feedback that uh, he sent feedback and did an iTunes review. Thanks for the iTunes review, David. And anybody else, if you want to do that, we appreciate going to iTunes and leaving us a nice review that keeps the podcast fresh and visible uh, in people's eyes and gets us new listeners, new folks in on the conversation, which we love. David, though, I don't think we got feedback from you. Yeah, I didn't actually get it either. So if we're not reading feedback from you, it's not because we don't love you, because we do. totally. I mean, me more than Joe. But I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a giver.
1: Man, why do you, it's not a competition. <laughs>
0: and <laughs> so we didn't get any feedback that I can read or play uh, from the speakpipe or the the Golden Spiral Media Feedback Line. Sorry about that. Please feel free to resend. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody else, just a reminder, the Golden Spiral f- Media Feedback Hotline is 304-837-2278. Call it any day or night. Say, hey, this is, state your name here, and I'm leaving feedback <laughs> for the devil you know. Here's what I thought about this week's episode, blah, and then talk for as long as you like because uh, we would love to hear what you think. And please start your conversation by saying, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> enough of this nonsense let's talk about the episode discussion let's do it discussion, discussion, discussion
1: all right joe rating all right this was without a doubt my favorite episode of the series i so agree far. completely by a mile it showed me exactly what i want this show to be I am going to give this episode, you know what? I'm going to go all the way. I'm going to give this one a 9.5. That's not barbecue sauce on the chickens. (laughs) Nice. Yes, I
0: agree. It's my favorite one so far. I, I was very excited by this episode all the way through because I just thought this is how far this show can go. Yeah. And and further than this even and, and, and we can see the potential of where the storytelling can be that crisp and the darkness can be there. Uh, I, I loved this episode. I also, I gave it 9.5 doors to nowhere <laughs> because I thought that was great. Absolutely. Yeah, between the door to nowhere and the infinite hallway that we know exists there Right. This place
1: is turning into an awesome headquarters. The minute Zed hopped into the uh, dumbwaiter, even, I was like, oh, be careful, Zed. We do not know where that dumbwaiter goes. Right. Are you positive where that's (laughs) going to... Yeah. Oh, look, it's Cthulhu and the (laughs) dumbwaiter. Whoops. I've chosen poorly. (laughs) (laughs) No, this episode was everything that this show could be, and it was such... A joyous experience to watch it and see it all come together like that. It was funny. It was scary. There was one moment at the end of the episode. I was texting Tony back and forth as I was watching it. Yeah. I literally just text back, oh, my expletive deleted. What the expletive deleted is that thing?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty neat.
1: Uh. Whoa, that yeah. thing gave me the heebie-jeebies. was also so, great storytelling.
0: Well, and and jumping all the way back to the beginning, you know, the I just the cold open was nice. Yes. All I we we get to see we're at the church hospital, the the convent, nunnery. I'm not I can't it's it's a church hospital. There you go. But you know, more than that, but the, and it's so loving and sweet, and you just know, you're just uh, watching it. The happier
1: that couple is, the worse you know it's going to oh, go. Oh,
0: man. And as soon as she called her Anne-Marie.
1: Yep. A little, I mean, we knew it was Anne-Marie going in because we'd been paying attention to it. Um, boy, uh, she, she sure did. They, they took some liberties with Anne-Marie, uh, in particular with her appearance. Yeah, she looks, looks uh, a, lot, di- a no, lot different. Yeah, not not much like she looked in the comics. But I don't care. I don't even care either. Yeah, she was so great in the episode. I don't even remotely care.
0: Yeah, and she really was so good, great in this episode. The actor was wonderful.
1: Please bring her back.
0: I I imagine they'll have to yeah, in, in part two next episode. <laughs> She's not there. It's going to be a really weird. Like <laughs> what 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 happened now? Why is Chaz running around in a habit? <laughs> uh, which I would also pay money to see. <laughs> yes, I would. So then. We could talk about this episode, I suppose, Joe, in two completely separate tracks, really, right. because A story
1: at, and B story are so separate from each
0: other. Yeah, as all of that happens, um, we're back at Jasper's, and w- we talked a little bit about this already, Constantine and and. Zed are
1: relaxing, basically, and Mm -hmm. he's... Zed's recovering from her experience with Manny and uh, with Imogen last episode.
0: Which was nice. I like that they're uh, referencing stuff that's just recently happened, Uh, keeping the continuity there, keeping it strong. The storytelling is good that way, you know? Yep. And I like that he basically says, you're staying here.
1: Right. Whatever I'm going to go." Zed has mono. She can't go to the prom. Right. Exactly.
0: Which, it's funny, because... Because we knew that there was going to be a storyline involving her and because we knew Chaz was going to be in the rest of it, I didn't mind them being split up again. It's still funny that we can't get the three of them going off on a picnic together. It's happened one episode out of eight. But that being said, um, the way that we got to this adventure via Anne Marie's psychic projection. Yep. Uh, I can't remember the actual term that it's called, but she's in uh, New Mexico. Right. New Mexico? No, Mexico. No, Mexico. actual Mexico. Yeah. Old Mexico. That's, I don't think that's what it's called. But. Nope. I believe they just called Mexico. <laughs> right. <laughs> and she contacts... Constantine, just through the power of her mind, shows up wherever he is. The cross is burnt. She's got a
1: a burn mark from the cross. And that's how she knows that the baby snatching was something beyond simply a kidnapping.
0: Yeah, which is a wonderful little touch of, oh, I could have called the
1: police except this happened. Right.
0: Yeah, which was pretty terrific, you know.
1: And then – The idea of this is the – she – you know how serious it is because you know she would never reach out to Constantine otherwise, yep. and she blatantly says
0: it. Yep, absolutely. I loved their relationship at every point in this
1: episode. Absolutely. Look, anything that gives us more history on John, and in particular the Newcastle group, that's the stuff I'm interested in. I loved it when she was talking about Gary and Richie. Both, oh, yeah. Well, I was like, I would love, well, I don't think we'll be seeing Gary again, but I'd love to see Richie again. I'd oh, love to oh, see yeah. more people from the Newcastle group showing up.
0: Yeah. And I'm it has that feeling that we eventually will. It'll lead to that. I think so. Which I think can be nothing but good. Absolutely. So based on this terrific scene with her, they he figures out what he's got to do. He tells Zed, stay here. I'm locking up the place. You don't need leave. to rest. Yeah, don't leave. And we talked about all of that yep. stuff, you know. Um, and let's talk about Zed's storyline first.
1: Okay. So Zed goes to the art store to get her supplies uh, to, you know, fuel her burgeoning artistic career. And while she is walking around the most dimly lit art store I've ever seen in my life, was she using <laughs> echolocation to find her paints? <laughs> Uh, yes. <laughs> she runs into uh Eddie. The creepy Eddie. She no no momentarily cannot figure out who he is because he is wearing clothes. But <laughs> she she does. She flat out says it. I didn't recognize you. You're wearing clothes. Yeah. Um she and Eddie hit it off again, as they did last time, and Eddie's like, hey, maybe I can get you a drink. And she says, Sure. Yeah. So they go out and get some drinks. And I
0: I love that, you know, she's just flirting. She's mm-hmm. having a good time. And then Touches him and her psychic powers go into overdrive. She sees a, a, a safe behind
1: him, a, a big locked
0: it door. It was like a big, yeah, I couldn't tell if that was something in there or if he was in a room that that was the door too, right. you know. But because she at one point had said or said to him later, I spent most of my childhood in a locked room. Right. That idea,
1: that made me think that that was it. She, she recognized where he was. She, uh, she gets enough from her, you know, kind of vague psychic impressions that she knows something's up with Eddie. Yeah. And she knows that it relates to her family, to her father, the whole thing.
0: And I love that she – we talked about the quick decision she's got to make. And I love that she decided I need to get the upper hand on this and took him back to Jasper's place, which may not be the smartest move. But you can at
1: least get it. Right. But you can understand why she would choose that because she's in a tough spot right there. Well, and I think the thing to remember, too, is Zed is still very new at this whole psychic phenomenon, what kind of weird world we're living in stuff. It's all still f- fairly new to her. Right. So she's, you know, much like John, she is trying to do her best, and it's just John's a little better at it because he's been doing it a lot longer.
0: Yeah, very much so. And she, you know, knocks him out, ties him up, and then his backup shows up. Yeah.
1: Which, yeah. you know... Uh, Unfortunately for Eddie, uh, the backup was more than happy to call Zed out on her threat of killing Eddie unless they right? go away. Yeah, so like, oh, you're going to kill Eddie? How about we beat you to the punch with two bullets to the chest? That was amazing. Wop, 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 wop.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was... I did not expect that to happen. Yeah.
1: Eddie went down fast.
0: Yep. And then... Zed uses, you know, the little discovery she made after
1: Constantine left walking around checking the place out. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Those moments when she was walking around checking out the place without John around exactly what I would have done. Oh, sure. As soon as daddy leaves and leave, you know, locks the house behind us. I was like, oh, I get to play with all the toys now. Don't mind if I do. Yep. Yep. And I love that she got the drop on the woman. Oh, one of the one of my favorite effects in the whole episode was The Room to Nowhere. Yes. And yeah, sure enough, that's a prob- I'm guessing the last we're going to see of Blonde Assassin Number 1. Probably. Went plummeting into the nowhere. It'd be
0: interesting if she came back at some point. Very true. It'd be interesting. I hope that that's not the last we see of that room.
1: Oh, no. You I, know, I, was, it's like that.
0: the hallway to infinity. I, right. I, I want those to come back. I don't want these things to just be a little one-off deals. Right. Yeah, that I think that would be great. And then unfortunately she gets the other guy... Who, who? Uh, between the two of the people who had come after her, or the three of them actually, yeah. th- he st- appeared to be the least likely to get the drop on her.
1: But he totally did. But he totally did, drugged her, and that's all we know. Well, we know that, uh, as Eddie flat out told her, her father wants her back. Yes. And those of you who know your Constantine comics and Daniel Serone has flat out said that this is what's coming. Yes. This is the beginning of the Resurrection Crusade. Yeah. And... That is one of the neatest story arcs in Constantine's long and storied history. So we don't want to get into too much because I don't want to spoil too much. And we don't know what they're going to change and what they're going to keep. Well, no, very true.
0: But what you can guess from what Eddie said and what her captors said is that uh, her father and the Resurrection Crusade have some plans for her.
1: Well, and I'm going to spoil a little tiny, tiny, tiny thing. And Tony can feel free to edit this out if he wants. One of the things, and it's a theory that I'm just going to put out there, one of the things in the Resurrection Crusade deals with uh, Zed's father making a petition deal with an angel. My gut tells me Manny is going to be featured heavily in this and may in fact be the angel. Oh, interesting. That might be, it would be a rewrite. It would be changing things from the existing storyline. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if it happens.
0: Well, let's see. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't think we have to edit that out. I think that's just a, a, a guess. But yeah, there is some craziness going on with her father and the Resurrection Crusade. It'll be fun to see where that goes. Agreed. So meanwhile, uh, Constantine and Chez unfold themselves from the tiniest cab ever in front of (laughs)
1: it was like watching him step out of a clown car
0: and it was at that moment that i realized charles halford is 11 feet tall (laughs) he's so big i mean that was the first time in this whole series that seeing him next to constantine and this tiny cab i was like how long did those actors have to sit scrunched up in there before they were given the (laughs) action and ability to climb out of there because he had to be bent over in half
1: (laughs) well and i love that like two minutes into the scene Chaz looks over to John and goes, "Eh, we should have brought Zed. Exactly. (laughs) The minute they start getting interrogated (laughs) by the Mexican policeman in Spanish, "Eh, we should have brought Zed. Yep.
0: Very funny. So they meet up and go about finding out what's going on. This led to um, one of the cooler little reveal moments of dialogue that I really liked is right as they're... In the nursery or the the recovery room where the mother was, right, uh, and they they find out that the mother and the baby have been attacked, and Constantine s- sees the hole in the wall, and Anne Marie says it's from the mice, and he doubts it, yep. and and I don't have the exact quote with me, but he said something like, you know. It could be anything, the wall crawlers, anything that likes babies. Fairies, nursery demons. (laughs) Nursery demons. I think is something that he said. He did. He did say that. And I just loved that because you just immediately go, what kind of whacked out (laughs) stuff over and over do you deal with that that's a thing? Right. That you
1: look at a mouse hole and go, "Mm, we got some sort of wall dwelling monster. Right. That narrows it down. Yeah.
0: It was great. So... We get a little insight into Sister Creepy. Uh, yes. <laughs> the nun who turns out to be, of course, uh, the, the root of all the problem.
1: Indeed. Well, he uh, decides they're trying to determine what kind of monster they're dealing with. So John uh, pulls out some candles and some rune stones in an attempt to cast a little divination and determine what they're looking at. The rune stones catch fire. Yeah. And uh, they quickly managed to put everything out, but it's enough to real, uh, for John to realize that they're dealing with a heavy hitter. Yeah, it's uh, not just some demon. It's no. somebody
0: who can cover their tracks. And
1: that's a big deal. And so to further determine what they need, they need something directly connected to the, chi- the missing child, the birth. Uh, they need something specific. Well, uh, uh, Sister Anne-Marie manages to point out that the uh placenta is buried at the in the backyard of the father's house, and I imagine many of you perhaps recognized Hugo the father of the child uh if you did let us know he's also in another genre show that we're both Tony and I are both big fans of, so they go to uh Hugo's place uh without necessarily telling Hugo that they were going to be there yeah and they find a Real interesting tree.
0: Yeah, it was. I loved Whoa. this connection, and this was one of the things that made me go, "Yay, Hellblazer!" Yep, because this was just as gross and graphic and sort
1: of yucky as you would expect in the Hellblazer comic. I right, I absolutely agree. Like, and, and, and you know, again, a horror fan like myself, I've never seen anything quite like that. Sure, and I thought it was cool as heck. It was yeah the the tree with human
0: fruit, right? The placenta was buried there. As soon as the baby was taken by Lamashtu, the placenta was affected and and spread the the evilness throughout the 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 roots of the tree, which started growing little gross fleshy fruit right. that when you cut
1: into it just bled. Oh god, and when he was putting his knife into it the way that it bent the like not the way that that fruit bends but the way that flesh bends yep. against the knife and you know you and I, the whole time I'm squirming in my chair. Yeah. Uh and w- amazingly
0: via, you know, the 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 amazingness of magic. All of the other fruits on the tree start to bleed. It's so suddenly you're standing under a tree blood. that's raining blood. It was gross and horrible and very hellblazery. Ugh. And I loved it. Yeah, me too. And then, of course, Hugo comes out and wants to shoot them. And they have to bring him in on what's the deal. And from there, they take the next step of going back.
1: Where another baby has been taken.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And imagine their shock and surprise when we discover that the father of the baby who was taken is Hugo's teenage son. Yes. And now I will say this little bit of the writing
0: uh, was a little convenient. He just didn't know his son was, was a little his weird. Son's movie. girlfriend was about to have a baby. Right. The fact that it was a surprise to him, and I, I don't mind that surprises no. happen in in life like that, but. I'm not sure what the point of that in the story was. I don't either. But what the point that was interesting was that it was his family. Suddenly his family is cursed. And that's the piece of the puzzle they needed. And that leads them to the next step in in interrogating Hugo's family, talking with Hugo's grandmother. Indeed. Hugo's mother? Uh, I believe it's his grandmother. I believe it is, too. Uh, From Chile. And she reveals...
1: What some of the creepiness was both right out of the comic books and the biggest hint we've gotten as to what's going on with the rising darkness right. until this point. And I did a little happy dance and I was so happy. Not only I, I was almost mad at myself because I had actually just read this part of the comic books and I was mad that I had not put that together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what is it, Joe? The Bruharila Say it again. I like it. Bruharila, <laughs> And we'll talk about more of that in Myth Adventures. Indeed we shall. But essentially a bunch of not good people.
1: Who they, you know, they initially say they, you know, they're from Chile. But John is quick to point out that they've been around way before there was a Chile. Right. Uh,
0: And that they've been gone. Yes. Or have them. Right. And this is where I I really liked. We got to see John go, no, 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 no. If that's what's going on, I have no idea how to deal with that. That was my favorite. It can't be them because I have no idea how to deal with that. Right. Great moment in the episode. Yeah, absolutely. And this was a moment, by the way, where... They stopped messing around completely as producers, and John just pulled out a cigarette, lit it up, and started smoking.
1: I couldn't believe
0: it. There was no more, you know. Let's show him light it. Let's not show him put it in his mouth. Let's show it in his mouth, but then he'll take it out and not take a drag.
1: No, he lights. He drink, He pulls off. He takes a pull off it. He smokes. He is straight up smoking yeah. on the show. And it, I
0: again, we've talked about it, but I'm glad because. If we get seasons two, three, four, that could lead to a great storyline. Yes, indeed. So it, they decide
1: what they have to do is create a trap for these guys. Yes. And all along this, we're getting more and more and more about the John and Anne-Marie relationship. And in particular, this scene, it's so important to me and I, I, it's it's so worth mentioning. John is dealing with the fact that he has still got guilt over what happened to Astra. She is dealing with the fact that, you know, her mistake was she was the one who got John into the mystical, magical world to begin with. She was the reason. And she's got that great moment where she finally understands who John is when she says, you can't afford to care about people and do what you do. And that's a
0: good bit later than we are now, right? No, I believe it was that scene. Oh, maybe it was. Yeah, but no, I, I think you're right. I, that relationship between them is wonderful. And I, I love that she looks at him and I mean, she says, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, I should have just shagged you. Yeah. Instead, I introduced you to this. Yep. And she went from being a person who dabbled in the dark arts and stuff to destroying his life yep. and that's what she's trying to atone for yes. he says you know that what happened there wasn't your fault i did that and she basically says yeah but i made you
1: right and right.
0: that's why
1: i'm here and i loved the moment and i think it's in this scene where they're Great talking about, like you "No, know, i need you to trust me and she says trust disappeared the minute you went out to you know meet other girls right. after sleeping with me the sheets were still warm yeah And he was out there. And it's like, yeah, this is who John is. He's not a good guy. He's trying to do the right thing, Mm -hmm. but he's not a good person. Right. And earlier in his life, he certainly
0: made more mistakes. Yes. I think being less aware of the impact he had on the world around him. I think now he's a complete jerk, but he also – is trying to do the right thing.
1: Right, when he's kind of calling out Hugo on uh, Hugo's religious beliefs and and is like, oh my God, you are actually putting yourself above God. Your ego is out of control. Mm Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, he, he was,
0: I, I'm. you called me here. You want right. something done about this. That's why I'm here. Right. Right. Uh, so You're not going to like how I do it, but I'll do it. Now, that relationship between the two of them was just terrific. And I it's really something we
1: it. have needed on this show. We And that's why I'm really hoping we see Anne-Marie or others stick around more. Yeah. Is we need more perspective on John like that. We need people with a history with John, dealing with John. The more we learn about him, the more rich the show becomes. Right.
0: No, and he said to her, just because I haven't locked myself away in a convent doesn't mean I'm not
1: dealing
0: with all of the stuff. And and we know we've seen that, but I love being reminded of, I love those moments where we get to see beyond the cockiness. Yeah. Yeah, great. So they decide that he, first he decides he's got to figure out who... They're, the, the demon is that they're dealing with, who it is. So he has this magic spell to do at the fountain. Yeah. With his magic bowl. With his magic bowl full of worms, mm-hmm. which was neat. Mm-hmm. Just slopping them out around the thing. And, of course, in comes Sister Creepy. Mm-hmm. And, what was that sound you made? She was very pretty. <laughs> Speaking of creepy, that was a little... <laughs> so you no, know you thought she was pretty, too. She, they, she was very pretty. They uh, this was turned out to be a great scene. Oh, loved it. Because all of a sudden, the big bad of the episode is revealed. And it's a sister of Eve. I've loved their fight at the fountain oh. where she's just holding his head water. Yeah. It was great. No, really great scene. And then, yeah, he
1: figures out who she is. She's Lamashtu, one of, the, uh, one of Eve's sisters. We learned that uh, Eve had other there were other women that Adam proposed to, and Eve was the one who accepted yep, and the ones who didn't became scary monsters, <laughs> uh much like La who she uh she was a scary evil Mexican monster vampire, and John manages uh to fight her off with his awesome flesh fruit knife thing
0: <laughs> I think it was the switchblade that he yes. had, yeah and from there, they decide what they have to do is set this cool trap to catch her. Yes. He uses a glamour spell. On a dead chicken. On a dead chicken. And this was Using w- wonderful blood. and gross. Ugh. I loved the way this worked. Ugh. That whole thing was pretty yucky, but that's what made it partly right. wonderful, I thought. And I love that the whole time it's happening, uh, he's laying on a little thick about how I'm going to have to just use these magic words and draw her to me and hope she just takes it from me and blah, blah, blah.
1: And At which point Anna Marie's like, wait a minute, she's not going to come to you. You just stabbed her with a knife. She's right. not going to come back to you. And, and, oh. and she
0: calls him out on, you know, you completely are trying to just get me to volunteer to do this. I'm not stupid. And one of the yeah. great lines was, that may have worked on Gary Lester. But I deserve better. Well, and what I love about that is, one, she's on top of everything I love the character and two she's gonna do it anyway right but don't talk to me like I'm stupid right and three she knows that he essentially got Gary Lester killed yep it's gotten around Yep. And so that whole thing was pretty great where she just calls him on it and says, don't forget who you're talking to and don't be an ass. Right. And it was terrific. I loved that. So she goes and takes the dead chicken that has been glamored to look like a baby of Hugo's bloodline. Right. And they, she stands in the church in the hallway and the thing appears and snatches the chicken and they chase it down into the tunnels. And that whole thing was
1: wonderful. Oh. The minute that – as they were going into the sewers and Anne-Marie said, give me the gun, I, that's where – there was a moment, little red flag, where I was like, uh, uh-oh.
0: Yep. Why, why does Anne-Marie need a gun? Well, and speaking of why Anne-Marie needs a gun, I love that when they were back having the discussion about sh- the fact that she was going to be the one to stand there and make this offering. Right. And she calls John out on pussyfooting around – and, st- and trying to scheme, you know, her into doing it, he says to her, when she says, I'll do it, I understand, he says, no price is too high to save the innocent. Ooh, that's going to come back. And that he said it to her. Yep. And so we go down into the sewers. We get the great chase scenes. They
1: rescue the babies. The, yep. But. She shows up. John knows that he needs some info. John wants to know what's going on. And he knows that he's got someone who can give him vital information that he needs. Right. So he chooses to, you know, threaten to
0: kill the babies. Oh, man. Lamastu shows up and and, and- – he immediately says, I've got the leverage. I'll just snap the baby's neck if you don't tell me what's Maybe going I'll on. I'll hold it underwater until it stops breathing. the only way you get what you need is if this baby's alive and you know it. And what a moment. I mean, talk about mm. dark. And Anne-Marie's freaking out, naturally. We in the audience are like, he really just this is a said no price is too high. Yep. If he doesn't do something, both babies are going to die anyway. Right. So is he actually going to kill one of these babies? That was a great moment. Ugh. And I think we don't know. I think he was ready to
1: do it. And kudos to Matt Ryan. your His portrayal in that moment, it was just riveting to watch. She starts talking. Yes.
0: And he manages to then use the amulet of Pazuzu. Yes. To summon Pazuzu, loved it, and say, Oh, by the way, here's your old boyfriend. Here's your old flame. Flame, get it? Flame. (laughs) Because then it lit the water on fire, and the flames essentially enveloped her and sucked her away as she and her old boyfriend had a little lover's quarrel or whatever was happening with the two of them.
1: Right. And then in the distance, as they're about to leave the sewers, we hear a baby crying. And this is where it got super gross. Oh, my God. The
0: invunch showed up, Whoa. and it turns out that this is the thing that Zed saw earlier. Yep. and he thought she was just having a reaction to uh, Imogen's evil and was drawing things that he she'd seen through her connection with Imogen, right. but it wasn't. It was another psychic event where she was predicting, "Oh, this thing's going to be here in a little while." Yeah, and the invunch is just is a demon made out of
1: tortured babies. <laughs> this horrific thing shows up nothing you i'm assuming you've seen the episode no way i could not think of a way to describe the thing that would properly capture how terrifying this thing was i was so
0: excited by how gross it was only because i thought that was another moment where i went this is how this show should go yep you the know way the way it
1: moved the way it crawled along the walls the, the
0: sounds that it was making and the moment when She looked at John and said, what do we do? And he said, I have no idea. No idea. What do you do against this kind of thing? And her response was. She pulls out the gun.
1: And John says, don't shoot it. It's just going to attack us.
0: Yeah. And she says, no, it'll attack you. No price is too high to save the innocent. Bang. And runs the way down the, you know, up the ladder trying to get away to leave John to be the one getting eaten by the it
1: While he is sitting there bleeding, she gives him a nice gut shot. Yep. And there's where we end.
0: Yeah. I loved it. Loved it. A lot.
1: It, oh, oh. You know, there was a part of me,
0: I was like, the ladder's right there, you guys. Just back up slowly. It doesn't know you're there yet. But she, She's for whatever reason, she wasn't taking the risk. Yep. And said, nope, I'm getting, you know, that thing is free on the planet and I'm getting away from it and I'm taking the babies. Yep. It was great. I cannot wait to see How they get out of this. Because at no point am I in this cliffhanger scenario afraid that John's going to die because he's in the title. (laughs) And I'm not afraid that Zed's going to die because it's episode eight. Right. And they worked so hard to get her in the show after eliminating Liv. So you know they're going to be okay. What I'm excited about is where this takes us. Right. What does he do? How does he live? Is it Manny? Is it? And you you, know there's going to be a price. Right. And, you know, if you saw the preview for the next week, you have an idea of what's coming up. But a lot of people don't watch those. And there's – even if you did, there are still a lot of directions it can go. So, no, I loved the way this went. I do want to throw in one other thing about being down in the sewers. For a half a second, I thought – Oh, man, is Chaz going to bite it again? I know. I know. And I sort of loved that they didn't do that, that Chaz went down one tunnel and comes out unscathed. Hey, I I missed out the excitement. Oh, babies, let's go. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I love that they could have done that and just didn't use it again, which I liked.
1: Well, we got to see a lot of the tender heart of Chaz in this episode as well, which is one of the things I love. He's he's such a he's such a good person. Uh, He's such a nice fellow. And genuinely cares about people, including John. And speaking of Chaz, Joe, one thing that happened in
0: this episode with him that I really dug was he totally called out John for being an ass. Yep. John was just really harsh at one point with Anne-Marie and Chaz just slugs him on the arm. Is that necessary? And then Chaz gets to go and be the comforter and the helper. You know, he's the one there saying... Yeah, sometimes he sucks, but he serves a purpose. Yeah. And also reminding her the stuff he deals with, he doesn't know how to deal with it. He can't be everybody's buddy because people die all the time. Right. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but that's the intent of what he said. And again, a little insight into not just John, but Chaz. Yeah. Who is there. You know, Chaz's presence in the comic is different than it is in the the show because – a lot of times chaz shows up just to drive john around john's got something on him and they are buds but he he also chaz doesn't necessarily want to be there is driving him around as the transportation guy a lot and it's different in the comics but i like it
1: i like that i do too i actually in my own way prefer chaz in the show over chaz in the comic
0: yeah i mean you It's harder in a TV series to have a show be about one guy that way, I think. You know, they create families and teams, and I like the way that this is doing it with Chaz. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, no, I loved that insight we got this week as Chaz played Peacemaker between the two of them and tried to smooth over, you know, bad stuff is going down. He's the one who's got to deal with it more closely than any of us do. He carries the burden of it he's only got this one way of expressing it. Yeah. You know, and I bought it. It was just really solid character work and storytelling and and world building for this world that we live in. No, I liked it a lot. So,
1: that's the episode. It was it was the best to date.
0: I completely agree. More, so n- more of this, please. Joe, let's launch into some myth adventures. Let's do it to it. Now it's time for Myth Adventures, Adventures. the part of the show where we pretend we know stuff. Uh, 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 Master
2: of the dark arts. Uh, uh,
1: um, Master
0: of the uh, dark uh, arts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: um, Okay. Uh, One of the things that was my absolute favorite part of this episode was how much they drew from the comics. There was so much good stuff. The Invunche, uh, right out of the comics from the Swamp Thing era. And as a matter of fact, that sketch that Zed was doing of the Invunche, flip through some of the old comics. You're going to find that exact sketch. What a nod to the comic book! So cool. Um, obviously, Anne Marie, a major character in the comic book, the relationship with her and John is a little different. Uh, certainly, the appearance is a little different. She it looks very different in the comic books, but a lot of the core of the, like the blaming and the the finding faith to recover—that's all right out of the comic books. So so cru- cool. La Brujeria, based on the Spanish word for bruja, uh, which is witch, uh, the Brujeria is uh, something that has been dealt with. In Mexican culture for a long time, it also means uh, the word also means witchcraft. It refers to a group of male witches or warlocks that have been a, ra- a part of Latin American culture for a very, very, very long time. In the comic, they're also a major force in the Constantine comic book. Uh, doing exactly what they do in this comic or in this episode. They kidnap babies. Uh, Creepy. That, that's one of the many things they do. That's, you know, they've got a lot of projects, a lot of things in the work, and they are. They've a lot of projects. <laughs> they're also building a couple 7 Elevens. You know, they've they got a lot of projects. They, they've, got, they've got things they're working on. I'm not here to judge Tony. Uh, they, um, they sound like they need some judging, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> they are also the ones responsible in the comic book for creating the Invunche. How could not go for much further without mentioning this as well? A lovely little Exorcist reference, Pazuzu. Yeah, that was nice. The, the amulet of Pazuzu, a demon. If you remember the the Exorcist, the statue they find with the weird bird headed man holding uh, one clawed hand upright. That's our buddy Pazuzu. Uh, he's been in uh, religious culture for a very, 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 very long time, and uh, is considered yeah a major demon uh, among the occult circles. And it was nice to see him get a little love. In this episode, after, you know, things like The Exorcist.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Joe.
1: Hey, it's my pleasure. Yeah. Overall, this was, for me, uh, the best episode. Yeah, without a question. Total agreement. Total agreement. And it, if I, I desperately hope this is a sign of things to come. Let's go this myth heavy. Let's go this character heavy. Speaking of going somewhere,
0: let's go to some
1: quotes of the week. <laughs> this week, my quote of the week, because it made me laugh out loud. What about Sister Flirtatious? She started it. So funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
1: funny. That actually was really great. Sister Flirtatious.
0: <laughs> and I already said my quote of the week. It was the one that came, it was John's quote, but then also anne <sighs> quote, no price is too high to save the innocent. Because then she just used it back at him and said, no, no, you're right. And he even said, you're a quick learner. You're a quick learner. As he looked down at the gut shot in his own belly. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty great. Okay, I need to take a second here and remind everyone, if you enjoy the podcast or any Golden Spiral Media podcasts, you can support Golden Spiral Media. All of this material is brought to you for free, of course, and will stay that way. But it's not free to make. There's web hosting and server space and all sorts of things that have to be purchased. And so if you want to help Golden Spiral Media, please go to goldenspiralmedia.com slash Support. There you'll find all sorts of great affiliate links where if you click through to say the Amazon link, you can do Christmas or holiday shopping. And a little kickback goes to Golden Spiral Media. Also, there's the Patreon page. If you're at goldenspiralmedia.com/slash support and you click on Patreon, it lets you kick a little support toward GSM. And in return, the Patreon members get a few perks like some special podcast episodes and things like that. So check out all that info at com slash support and we appreciate your being here with us. All right, everybody. We'll see you in a few. Hey, thanks for being here with us. We are really looking forward to being back with you in January. Joe and I will put something out before the second half of the season starts, so stay tuned for that. And have a wonderful, safe, happy holiday season, everybody. I hope you get to spend some time with family and friends and loved ones because that's what it's all about. We'll talk to you very soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: That was whale sound. <laughs>